a guy who had his own business, lost his life to electric, working on his own house. We take for granted at times, you know, when we're working in our house, we just kind of get lackadaisical and just kind of, I'll just take care of it, I'll get it done. Money is one thing, but life is another. You're listening to Stories from the Top, an inside guide to better business development. We are here with Jeremy Mueller, the president and owner of Electrical Plus. Um, to start, how do you like to describe Electrical Plus to people who may not be aware of what you guys do? Well, as far as um, services that we provide is all electrical service. Um, so anywhere from low voltage, line voltage, inside or interior and exterior uh, electrical, so um, landscape lighting, outlets anywhere outside, you want them in a garden, you want them in the middle of the yard, lighting, up lighting, security lighting. Um, so yeah, kind of, and then anything inside the house that involves the electric, we will take care of. And then small um, commercial clients will, or I guess commercial clients that we can do small projects, you know, maintenance, nothing major. We don't get in the whole um, build of commercial. Um, and then on res, you know, as far as residential side, we'll do ma- mainly additions. Um, we have a whole house that we're working on right now, but we typically don't get into the the big projects like that. Okay, cool. So um, to start out, I guess, where did you go to school for originally? What was your like career goal at the beginning? Uh, I was in the Navy. I went ahead and grew up on a farm out in Minnesota, and I really didn't have a drive or um, a direction that I wanted to go. So joined the Navy. I was a hydraulic mechanic. And when I got out, I stayed in this location. And um, my electrician from the Navy was working for a company and said that they were looking because I was looking for a change. I was just selling car care products. And I was looking for a change, and he's like, well, come check this out. I'm like, well, I hate electric, but electricity, <laughs> I was not a fan of it. And uh, But it was an opportunity, so I jumped on that opportunity, Worked, went to the interview, and they're like, well, what do you know about electric? I'm like, if I hit that switch on that wall and that light comes on, I don't need to call you. <laughs> and so, But they, they took me in, and while working for them, went to uh, school at night to better myself and then in seven years I went and moved on and started my own company. How old were you when you started training to be an electrician? I was 23. What were you going to school at night for? Uh, To be an electrician. I went to uh, Votech to you know get the fundamentals and learn the codes and learn you know how to be an electrician and then you know to work towards my master. And so how long was that period where you were working for them and going to school? Uh, School-wise, I did, what was it, probably about three years. Um, Went from residential to commercial to industrial, and then I worked for them that whole time, um, which I worked for them about seven years, and then left and tried to... um, start up my own thing where I actually kind of uh, figure out what I was doing. And when I was working part-time at Home Depot and then when finished up, um, 
to get my master and went to school to finish that up and then started up electrical. Well, started up a Jay Mueller construction, got into, you know, a house to try to flip and try to, you know, go that route. And while working at Home Depot part-time, I was in the electrical department and just started meeting people, talking to them, listening to their projects. And then all of a sudden people are like, well, why don't you come to my house and help me with this? So I'm like, all right, well, I need to be licensed. I need to get insurance. So it's kind of how it kind of grew. And then the biggest thing was my wife was pregnant with twins and we got involved with the twins club and they, they put me on the map. Um, so for all the work that they would send me or that I would do for them, I would give them a 10% discount. It would either went off of their, would come off their bill or I would donate 10% to the club. What is the twins club? So mothers of multiples, Mm -hmm. uh, Chester County mothers of multiples was the group that my wife was a part of. Um, it's a bunch of families, mainly women that get involved to, you know, be there as a support line for, um, women that are having multiples so that you have, you know, support group, especially young, you know, which my wife was, our first was twins and, you know, your new parent and it's hard to understand what that is as a you know, even with a single child, but then with multiple kids, what does that look like? And they were there for, you know, with uh, clothing sales and stuff like that. And then also just, you know, you had your buddy that you would, you know, reach out to if you had any questions or, you know, hey, freaking right. out or whatever. So so it's like a network of people. That's interesting. Yep. So that was pivotal, having that network. And mm-hmm. you said you had like a 10% discount. Yep. So I guess that's almost like any other networking group. It helped you when you were first getting started. And yes. so I guess word of mouth was really kind of like your first. Um, it, it sounds like, yeah. too, like you weren't really looking to do that. People just kind of pulled you into doing the work and to kind of out of necessity started up. Yes. And that it was kind of, yeah, it was, you know, working with people, helping people out and wanted to, you know, be there. And, you know, it was nice to have that to kind of jumpstart the business. Hmm. Um, while I was trying to start up Electrical Plus, I worked for another electrician and also, um, you know, kind of on the side, or I guess I was full-time, but I told him I, I had my own business, wasn't going to, you know, you know, persuade his clients to yeah, not be come scalping up. clients. No. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I'm like, if I all of a sudden, you know, start getting enough clients for myself, I'm going to be leaving and he was like okay no problem as long as you're you know give me a heads up and and no and like yeah and then a contractor reached out to me that worked with my old company and he was building a house and he's like you want to do the electric i'm like sure i'm like can i also help build the house so i wanted to know the ins and outs of the house so i can better help my clients when you know running wires or you know knowing the what the roof structure, knowing what load bearing walls are, knowing what they can move, what they can't move, that type of stuff. So See, cool. that was almost as like a research project just yep. to really understand. Yep. Hmm. Interesting. So at what point did you officially start, like legally establish Electrical Plus and start full time with that? 2006, August of 2006, which was a perfect time. My wife was pregnant with my youngest we went out on my own and was trying to you know make it work 
um, with the support of my wife made it much easier, you know, with having, what do we have, 18-month-old twins and, you know, pregnant with, you know, the youngest and working out of my garage, selling stuff to go ahead and be able to buy material. Um, and just start, the business was just young at this point too, yep. right? Yeah. Was that challenging at that time? I oh mean, my gosh. It I can was. imagine. It sounds like it happened quick too. It was like if the twins were 18 months, it was less than two years from kind of getting involved with the Twins Club to actually yep. Electrical Plus is full time now, right? Yep. So in two years, you started a business and had three kids. Mm -hmm. A huge shift in your life. And you were also working part time and going to school and working for an electrician all at the same time? Or? Well, no, at 2006, I was by my, yeah, I was on my own. Okay, um, you're on your own at that point. But yeah, still a lot of life changes all at once. What What was that pressure like for you? I mean, how did that feel day to day? Uh, tough. I mean, one thing is, is I was young at the time and I liked to work, um, so that kind of helped me out. But it was, it was the like I said, it was the support of my wife to you know help me to push to get out and you know do stuff myself because the one thing that I've I guess the biggest issue is, you know, working with other people is, is, you know, their ways, you know, how they would interact with clients, how they would interact with their employees. It was not exactly how I wanted to, you know, where I wanted to put myself. So it was kind of, you know, to start up essentially a, a new uh, trend for contractors for hmm. The, uh, so you saw some like negative examples of oh, what yes. you didn't want to repeat in your own business? Correct. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, the one thing is, is, you know, contractors, it's tough to go ahead and make it, you know, as an employee to retire most contractors. And right now, I mean, I don't know exactly what the average age of a master electrician or an electrician is right now, but it, you know, I believe it's somewhere in the 60s. Well, we need young people to grow, you know, come into the trades to help grow, you know, businesses. I mean, everybody needs trades. Everybody needs a plumber. Everybody needs an electrician. Everybody needs contractors, trash men, everything, you know, to to make everything work. And it's just the stigmatism of, you know, contractors, not my kid. You know, they need to go to college. They mm. need to, you know, be a doctor, be a lawyer. We need those as well, but we also need contractors. Mm -hmm. So to bring young people in, how do you do that? And it's pay. It's, you know, good work environment. It's benefits. It's, you know, seeing a um, IRA or 401k. So retirement plan, what, what does that look like? So, you know, that was one of the things I wanted to kind of bring to the trades. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like you can make a great living doing the trades, right? I mean... You're an example of that. You can so you're trying to build that into your business, not only for yourself but for your employees. Is what you're saying? Correct. Bringing that those benefits to the the trades. Yes. And um, forwarding that. That's cool. So once you started getting busier and busier, at what point did you need to bring other people in to help you with the work? So, I guess the big uh, big jump for me was. Um, Probably 07, uh, joined BNI, and it was a networking, a referral group. When I joined that, um, I started to, you know, word of mouth, getting more people out there that knew me, knew the company, and then all of a sudden it just kind of expanded. And then we, 
unfortunately we grew fast uh real fast um and it was why do you say unfortunately well because you can only control so much of your quality if you when you grow you can't if you do it too fast quality goes down quantity goes up but you're you know okay you're making more money but if you're trying to brand a good name you need slow and you know slow and steady get your get your name out there get your base and then you know grow and and be able to stay up on that platform instead of getting knocked off and quantity can you can get in trouble because you're just kind of like you're pushing because you want to get stuff done and then all of a sudden people slip through the cracks and then it's like okay what happened so 2008 hit and you know kind of a the crash and was probably the best thing that ever happened to my company i was able to rebuild do it the right way do it a little bit slower get the right people behind me and then take it from there and we've had a grow year ever since so so what were the um steps and things you put in place to control that growth and make sure the quality grew with it um hiring the right people um educating them spending more time with them to you know while working with clients and making sure that you know when i uh talk to a client that you know we continued from the start to finish that we were constantly communicating pushing that you know with my employees um getting somebody in the office to answer the phone because if i'm in the field i take down a number typically i would write it on my uh, my arm with a marker well if you're in the <laughs> attic it rubs off quickly and you know i've lost a couple clients and jobs from not getting back to them and that was a big wake-up call so then you know it was get somebody in the office to be able to go ahead and have them talk to them get you know the information be able to go ahead and say or right, here's where our timeline is here's what we can do and just i guess keep that communication line open for the client was I guess the big thing that helped us to grow. And what was that process of training those salespeople to kind of follow your standards of quality? Was that difficult? No. Well, I mean, obviously you can't train everybody. I mean, the one thing is, is I think you lead by example. If you can, if you can get somebody that wants to be a part of it, wants to go ahead and have that drive, you, it's an easy transition. If they're not, then it's going to be a little bit more difficult. And some people just don't, it's not, gonna be there um they may do it it's with any business and you know we all we as humans we interact different we you know it's just kind of trial and error um but it was you know kind of the nice thing is is with how you i guess the big thing is when we'd have people go in if i send them and i was not around is to have that uh, communication with the client so hopefully that they would if there was a problem they would call us and let us know what that was and some clients you know they would just kind of brush it off and just move on well then if we're not doing any work for them I'm like well what's going on here what happened and you know you find out after the fact that they had a bad experience and I'm like well can't fix what I don't know so um, as far as employees wise I mean I've been very very lucky to have some great employees working for me and you know to want to be a part of a, a good organization 
So was that passion something you look for in the interview process or something you culturally tried to implement in the company? Yes. I mean, every time when we sit down with a new potential employee is we lay out what uh, Electrical Plus is. Um, It's a family. My, you know, when I interview, I'm interviewing family members. I want to make sure that they fit with the people that I have Um, because I'm going to take care of my family first. And they are my family. They need to know or, you know, whoever's coming in needs to be a good fit for that. Um, And some of the interviewing process, it's, you know, you kind of ask some questions, kind of see how they would, you know, work with a different situation just by answers you could sometimes um, cultivate through it. But it's tough. There's, you know, some slip through the cracks. They come work for us and, you know, we try to rejuvenate or, you know, cultivate them to the way that we want to um, work or the way our process is. And some get it and some don't. So as your as your teams continued to grow and expand, did you end up having to write out like standard operating procedures and kind of this is a checklist of what you must do at every house? Like how did you control the quality of service everyone was delivering for you? Uh, putting the right people in the right place. Um, right now I have some uh, – I have an operations manager. I have um, Sean who is my COO who's, you know – takes care of the benefits and then also helps with the procedures. Uh, Andrew is the operations manager and he's has you know, checklists that the guys have to or should be looking at and going through, you know, making sure when we show up, we're handing out business cards or identifying who we are. We're laying out drop cloths. We're bringing the proper material. We're doing walkthroughs, you know, communication. Everything is we're big on is communication and cleanliness. So at the end of the job, walking through again, making sure the job is done, everything that was done on our scope of work. And if there's anything else that's needed, if we can do it in that uh, time frame, we'll do it. Or we need to set up an appointment where we come back out. And then once that's all done, clean up, wrap up, make sure the place is cleaner, if possible, cleaner than when we got there. So there's there's a lot of trades companies, I'm sure you know a ton of them, that have Mm -hmm. bad reputations and kind of drag the whole industry down. You know, like we were just reading reviews for a plumbing company that stiffed us on a bill. And it's like, these guys are super scary. Like, they're just horrible reviews. And there's a lot of guys like that. It seems like they just want to take money. Um, What exactly was your process to make sure that you guys stood out? What did you do to make sure that your brand was identifiable and different from the average possibly scammy electrician company so yeah there's a lot of great electricians out there a lot of great companies out there you know to try to stand out even more than that is i guess the big one was not taking you know down payments or not taking deposits it's tough I mean, when we get into bigger ticket items with generators, if I have to order a special order something, we're going to have to deposit on that. But for the most part, when I started up the business, I didn't take deposits. And, you know, the reason was is because I wanted to get one, get in there. Two, I felt that there's no, you know, because in 2006, roughly about 2006 or so was the big time that there was a lot of scams and people were hesitant to hand out money. And people would take the money and then walk away. Um, With doing that, it kind of put us in a financial problem. But great was good clients 
get done with the job and pushed us to get wrap jobs up and then get paid. And, you know, it's simple as if we walk away from a job and there's no plate, you know, if we forgot a plate that didn't get put on, we're not, we're not collecting a check hmm. until we're wrapped up. Is that something that you continued today? You yes. continue that process? Yes. So you'll start the job, you'll complete the job without a down payment? For the most part, yes, with, uh, depending on the size of the job. I mean, a lot, like I said, you know, with smaller jobs, yeah, we need to, we want to complete the job before we even do it. Some of the larger jobs, um, if we're doing renovate, you know, like a, an addition or a house, we're going to do installments, you know, rough, or, you know, if we got special orders, we'll grab a deposit on that, then a rough, and then a final um, bill. So, yeah, we try to do our best to help clients with that. So I imagine the customer really likes that, but from the business side, have you ever been burned um, oh, yeah. using that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Do you have any like stories that you can share or any anything like that? Uh, Without revealing any names or anything. Nah, I mean, as far as that, it's it goes with anything. It's it's just tough. I mean, there's been people that we get in there. We, you know, we'll do the job, um, and then all of a sudden they ghost us. It's you know, it's unfortunate. Definitely nobody wants to go ahead and, you know, deal with that. It's it's tough. I've worked with other contractors. Kind of the reason why I, you know, walked away from contractors to the start is, is contractors had that, you know, where they would just, you know, stiff their subs. And hmm. I didn't want to be a part of it. Got We got linked up with a couple that um, they got themselves into trouble. And, you know, we try to work with them and, you know, I'll get you on the next job. And then all of a sudden next job would come and go and you know there was nothing and then a little bit on that and it's just you learn from it and you hope that you don't get burned again do you keep a list of those people so you like do you like cut people off at a certain <laughs> point or um yes i mean there the one thing is is we have that list i mean obviously there's people that we know that have and it's just you know if they call and they ask for us you know to do some more work we just politely ask that let's wrap up what we you know what is unfinished if we can wrap that up then we'll move on so big i guess the big thing is is don't burn bridges right um try not to burn bridges i mean mm -hmm. obviously there's going to be some bridges that cannot be repaired but for the most part we try not to burn bridges because you, somebody could have been down on their luck and just need a little bit of help and just do what we can yeah we run into that sometimes too like a lot of times we'll have good clients we know you know we know they have the money or whatever and sometimes they're very late on a payment mm -hmm. and we try to be polite and like trying to walk that line between like hey come on we we need our money for the work and not trying to annoy a, a customer to the point where they don't want to work with you again so it's hard to kind of like walk that that line you know but then there's been a few people who just like yeah, yeah just refuse to pay i was gonna say yeah we have payroll but you must have like a pretty large payroll and you have buildings and a lot of equipment to maintain and trucks and all that stuff so yep it's got to be important to keep the cash flow at oh, yes. electrical plus oh yes yes with any business it's everybody's got you know like it's funny to hear people when they you know you mention your price and they're like oh my god i'd like to make that i'm like yeah i'm sure anybody and everybody would so would we and the thing is is what goes into it i got a truck showing up at your house fully stocked should be fully stocked with two guys in it that have health insurance the trucks insured the company's insured doing you know doing a service for you and we come to you so when you look at that what is value you know right 
and that enables you to keep those employees staying with you for a long period of time, right? Yep. Um, so if are you kind of like an outlier in your industry of of like offering health benefits and 401k to your employees? Is that typical of your industry or is that something it's, you're kind of unique? It's becoming um it's becoming more normal now because unfortunately well not it is fortunate because everybody needs health insurance and everywhere we're going in order to hold you know keep your employees is you got to offer benefits um and that's become an industry standard and everywhere so so the customer might have to pay a little bit more but you're getting that quality of employee because those are people who have stayed with you longer time they're going to be delivering higher level of work because of that correct so with um payroll obviously balancing the company needs to make a profit you guys all need to get all those benefits and everyone paid what was your process to kind of develop a pricing structure as the business grew how did you kind of calculate that out was it kind of on the fly or did you have like a metric you kind of scaled with the business as it was growing so at the start it was kind of going with i guess working with industry standards i guess if you want to call it uh looking at what other contractors are charging seeing where we're at seeing you know where am i in that you know size wise so there's if you got you know sole props or you know one two you know uh or one or two man shop your prices are going to be a little bit your overhead is less so you're going to be a little bit cheaper as you grow you know you're going to need to go ahead and increase the one thing is is the nice i guess i would watch as the you know profits and everything like that at the end of the year looking at where we were talking with my accountant and getting ideas trying to figure out what is a proper budget what is a proper you know cost i'm not looking to make you know a mint off of one client i want to make sure that we you know have a fair price you know because when i sit down and look at the estimates i would i pay that is that mm-hmm. for the quality work that we're getting is that a reasonable price and for the most part i i'm either looking at it and be like eh, we could probably knock something off like can we you know whether it be time whether it be um immaterial looking at different you know types of material you know without cutting quality is where can we help these people out and do you ever offer like discounts or anything like that how do you feel about Like when you do want to reduce the price for somebody, like do you have like a process for how that negotiation takes place? So when we we do offer discounts, military discounts, um, try to help them out as much as possible. Uh, As far as walking through a job, if we say if I bid a job for eight hours and my guys get in there and they knock it out in four, we're given a discount. I don't need, we're time and material. Um, The guys will, you know, which is great is the guys are more apt or my guys are trained or they have that mentality is, Hey, we knocked this one out. What can we do to help the client out? All right, let's look at the price, see what we can do. And that's nice too. Cause then it kind of gives the client, Oh, you might have more budget if you want more work to do, you know, instead of just, yep. you guys took a nice fat load and they're kind of like, wow, that seems expensive or something mm-hmm. they did in two hours when, Oh wow. That was, really affordable let's have them look at the outside lights we've been talking about so that's a nice entree to repeat work too yeah building a relationship that's the one thing is we want to build a relationship that's what 
you know, sells our business. And the other thing is I'm walking around town. People see me, <laughs> you know, you, when you put your face out there, you want to, you know, make for sure that people aren't talking behind your back or talking about you while you're on the streets. So if they are, hopefully it's good. So we want to keep that relationship. Yeah. And you're very involved in the community and, in, and, in chambers and and bni and and all these different places mm -hmm. so do you think that has an impact on the success of your business as well oh i think so i think it's you know with those you know growing and then just the way that um we hold ourselves um right now if you read our reviews <clears throat> it's not me it's my guys my guys are selling this business the guys are really rocking it right now. They've big with the relationships with our clients. They're talking, you know, communicating and just creating a great atmosphere on the job, in the workplace. It's, it's just been awesome. It, you know, very blessed to have the guys that I have. It's just amazing to be in the position that I'm in. So um, it sounds like word of mouth was your one of your biggest marketing strategies going through. What other stuff did you implement to, because with your targeted slow growth, slow and steady growth, mm -hmm. what other techniques did you try to implement to kind of maintain that? The growth is try to get as many people, help as many people as we possibly can, um, which was tough because, <clears throat> you know, everybody's like, you can't do everything. I'm like, you're right, I can't. But we got to try, and then how do we go ahead and do it? And it's it's tough. There's people, you know, if they can't, we can't get to them in time. What we'll do is is we'll network with other electricians. There's other people out there that can, you know, do the same thing that we do. So we try to, you know, cultivate a relationship with other contractors that, you know, hey, if we we can't get to it, I want to have somebody that is going to treat that client uh, client the same way that we would do it. Well, how are these people finding you? word of mouth, um, neighbors. Now we have, we're obviously, we got a commercial, we've got Facebook, we've got, I've got a marketing department or yeah, marketing department. I call it a company that we hire to do all of our marketing, you know, social media stuff. So we're getting a lot of stuff out there based Google reviews is huge right now. So everybody's, I think the one thing when COVID started, people started looking and they're looking to spend, you know, significant amount of money and they want to make sure that whoever they're hiring is going to be a good company that they can make for sure it's going to get taken care of and taken care of properly. So the Google reviews, like I said, that the guys selling this company, it makes it so much easier to go ahead and find work. And do you like Google reviews more than other types of reviews? Um, I mean, I know I'm a big fan of Google reviews personally because I think Google is like, it's it's the main search engine that everyone's using so right. it makes sense that's the first place they're going to see the reviews what are your thoughts on google reviews versus other reviews i think i mean i don't really get into all that stuff i leave that to the marketing department to go ahead and kind of tell me where we need to go um any review is a good review um obviously we don't want bad reviews but we are human we make mistakes we're gonna if, the, if we do get a bad review we're gonna you know contact them and be like hey what can we do where do we mess up? How do we, you know, correct this? Because it's not right. And, you know, so we want to follow up on those as well. I have want you to gotten know, people to change a bad review to a good review? I believe we have. Or like, what was the, how did you go about that? Um, 
they, you know, just contact them, see what the problem was, meet up with them, go through it. And, you know, the big thing is, I'm like, if I, you know, if I didn't care, I wouldn't call. And, you know, I think that really changes the way people think. They're like, oh, you're right. You do care. Yeah, we do. Hmm. So with um, with the business growth, what was what was the process like from going from you running a few jobs as I guess just filling your week out to now you must have, I think last time we talked you had like months out of scheduling. How do you guys manage the scheduling and what, what's your process to keep all the jobs organized? Well, we have we have software that we have everybody's you know um, jobs on the schedule with all the uh, crews that are going to be doing the jobs. Um, Andrew takes care and Christina in the office, they take care of, you know, maintaining that job schedule as jobs get wrapped up, they start moving stuff up. If they can, they've got, you know, troubleshoots and stuff like that, that they can try to fill in a day, see if the guys wrap up early, you know, put a small job on so they can get out there and start doing some of the, the smaller stuff. So it's tough, um, telling people that, you know, we're six weeks out. Uh, but for the most part, it, it's, we can't, we can only do so much. So only so many hours in a day, we do our best to, you know, try to fit them in. If it's emergency, we want to try to get that done sooner than later, if we can right away. Um, some of the, you know, projects, you know, put some lighting in and stuff like that. We hope that they're understanding and that it's going to take a little bit of time, but we will take care of them, put them on the schedule and try to keep that schedule. And what software is that that you're using? Uh, House Call Pro. Okay, is it like scheduling yeah. software? Yep. Is it project management as well or just the schedule? Uh, schedule, we use, yeah, schedule. We get the estimates, you know, invoicing, everything goes through them. Oh, okay. That's cool. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about, I know electrical field is, I wouldn't say it's more dangerous than some of the other trades, but there's definitely, you're definitely working with electricity mm-hmm. and we've seen a lot of electricians just pop the cap off and just start working with something with their tools, not even wearing gloves or anything. Yep. What, what procedures have you used to kind of protect your guys and make sure that there's no injuries? Take your time. The one thing is, is with electric is take your time, respect it. The minute that you disrespect it, it's going to get you. Um, I mean, we just had, you know, uh, as far as electricians, we lost a, uh, not us, but, you know, um, a guy who had his own business lost his life to electric working on his own house. And I think that's the one thing is, is we, we take for granted at times, you know, when we're working on our house, we just kind of get lackadaisical and just kind of throw, I'll just take care of it. I'll get it done, you know, and just don't put in our safety procedures to, make for sure that we're safe there. Um, with working around clients, I think it's a little bit easier to stay safe because you don't want to go ahead and bring attention to yourself while working in a house. Um, you know, I guess the big thing is slow down, slow down. You know, we want to make for sure the job gets done in a timely manner, but you know, time and money is one thing, but life is another. And if we can stay safe, that's worth it. So what was this guy working on when he lost his life? He was, uh, from what I understand, he was um, working on a generator, putting a generator on his house. And um, I don't 
know the details of it, but I guess, you know, he left the power on or something and it got him. It grabbed him. Hmm. Yeah, that's like, I, I've, I've done a lot of stuff around my house, renovated the whole kitchen, but electric's the one thing I just prefer someone else to do. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's why you call it professional, right? Yeah. Exactly. But I guess he was a professional, but he just got complacent. Yep. Hmm. Yep. That's crazy. So I'm glad you guys are keeping it safe. Yes. Yeah. We don't want to hear this. No. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so with your guys' customer service, is there anything you've put in place as you were as you were growing from, like I said, individual to a pretty large company? What, what kind of procedures did you have to make sure that everyone's always happy and you guys have that reputation of word of, and continue to get those word of mouth recommendations? Uh, communication. Like I said, communication is number one, you know, from the start. Making sure that, you know, if we have a community, you know, um, a talk with a client, you know, when we put them on the schedule and make sure that we're, you know, staying true to our time, you know, know exactly what we're doing. Um, if we continue to communicate with them the whole process, I think that's the big thing with, you know, how we take care of our clients is and how they keep on coming back is, is that we care and, you know, keep going. And the guys, that's one thing, you know, like, like you were saying with the procedures and everything, when they, um, meet with the client, it's that constant communication line is what really helps us. <clears throat> so, um, I guess we can move forward a little bit. So things that were growing at a good steady rate. And then we had COVID a few years ago. What was, how did your business fare through that? What did that look like when it first hit and things started really shutting down in that March, February, April area? Uh, that was tough. Um, we were shut down for six weeks. Um, the, I guess, good thing that came out of that was uh, sitting down, looking at uh, the books, looking at, you know, what the company was like, you know, where, where the money was coming from, what it was, you know, who was, um, I guess, putting it in is with uh, jobs-wise and stuff like that, and kind of got me to really take a look at more of the guys and you know what can we do, and the guys were you know when I look at the numbers on the number of jobs that we were doing, the size of the jobs that we were doing, um, it, it just kind of that was you know when we shut down and then when we came back it was you know more people looking at us and you know i guess trying to figure out how to manage it was tough was there like a fear in the customers of bringing you guys into the home yes in some cases there was and we just kind of worked with them and said hey you know here's the deal we got this if you're you know okay with it we're good we had masks gloves everybody had sanitizer in there so we whatever we could do to make them feel comfortable um if they were uncomfortable just let us know when when you're ready and then we'll go ahead and you know put you on the schedule take care of it and, and so when did you see the turnaround of things kind of coming back to normal how long did that take from the shutdown to you guys were back to full speed would you say um well, shut down six weeks, and then think you know. Luckily, I had all my guys come back, um, and then probably the first probably month 
two months, it was kind of slow trying to find, you know, the jobs. There were some people that were just like, get it done. Um, but then next, yeah, I'd say in a, probably in a couple months, then all of a sudden we just started landing more jobs. Um, I guess because people had, uh, their PPP loans and then also people staying home. They, you know, had their vacation fund that they put into their house. They wanted to see more staycation. Um, and then, you know, with other, some contractors, you know, took that time to say, you know what, all right, I did it, I'm done. And then next, you know, we're picking up new clients, contractors. So other businesses were kind of taking that chance to close down, mm -hmm. and you guys saw an influx from that. Yes. That's good. So what were you doing to keep, I guess, morale up with the guys? Like maybe they enjoyed their time off, but was there – any kind of management you had to do to keep the culture and the energy up in the crew is the future was very murky at that point. All right. Yeah. Um, now I guess the one thing that, you know, I try to, you know, do before and, and still do is, is, you know, be there for the guys. Um, at times on Fridays, you know, when the night you know, weather was nice, I'd get the grill out, I'd get, you know, grab the smoker, would smoke up some, brisket ribs whatever you know have the guys nice. you know get together get the families together and you know invite them to you know come in and enjoy its food also get to meet the rest of the the crew so try to keep it that family atmosphere as as much as we can okay good and think you guys bigger than ever at this point now oh well, right now yeah we have um i think i have 18 employees Oh, wow. Um, yeah. So it's it's been, and still looking to grow. We still have, we have room to grow. We need some help. Um, but yeah. And yeah, you mentioned before we got on the air that a lot of you're still hiring, and there's a lot of guys that are just struggling to find people. Like that's that's kind of globally right now, yes. or at least in the U.S. Yes. Yeah. There's a lot. Any business owner, anybody in, you know, any not even the trades, lawyers everywhere it's just kind of it's a common theme now is, is that everybody's looking so what have you been doing to kind of help yourself stand out in the you know people have a lot of choices that like mcdonald's was paying 15 dollars an hour now like what do you do to help stand out from all the other people who are also i'm sure every other electrician company is hiring right now too um well like I said, the guys want the big one is is the guys the environment. You know when they um, we've had a couple people that actually looked at our Google reviews, and they want to be a part of that team that is out there doing good. So they're actually you know that's one way they're looking at us. To I think our benefits program is our package is very very good. Um, we we offer health insurance, life insurance, short-term, long-term disability, IRA plan, We and the company matches 3%. Oh, wow, that's pretty good. That's awesome. Yeah, that's really good. And everybody's looking for a job. Electrical yeah. Plus is hiring. Yes, yes. <clears throat> How many oh. more people are you looking to hire? Um, that's a tough ask. I mean, it, it's kind of, like I said, we're six weeks out. It's still a concern. I mean, the one thing is I don't want to hire people and then have to lay people off. I want to make sure that we have, you know, we're looking six months out. We're looking at what is this trend going to do. I want to make sure that when people do sign up that 
we're not letting them down. We have to go ahead and make for sure that we have something full time for them. No part time work. It's you know full time. And so as far as right now, our big thing is is we just you know mechanic somebody that can get out on a job and take a scope of work and and run with it and you know talk to clients, talk to contractors and know look at plans stuff like that. Right now, I'd say you know one of those you know two would be a stretch. But who knows? I mean, the nice thing is, is what's been great, it, you know, as we bring on people or still more work seems to keep coming in, which is great. And is there seasonal flux in your business? Like, are you busier sometimes than others? Like, is there a concern a certain time of the year there might not be enough work for all your employees? Yes. Typically for our industry, your winter months are your slow time. Um, we have not seen a slow time. I, it's just it's cause been, you have so such a, a great base of customers. Yeah. It's been, it's been amazing. I mean, there, there has been some kind of lulls where the guys are not getting, you know, quite 40 hours, but for the most part, we've, we've stayed pretty steady. That's awesome. That's good. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about the services you guys provide going through the life of the company have you seen like a shift in what people are looking to have done or has it been pretty steady like i know the products have obviously technology's advanced but have you seen a shift in what people want out of you guys as a company uh, not really i mean as far as products yeah products are the big thing leds um some people are still you know want to stick with the incandescents they're not a fan of led color leds come a long ways um, big things, you know, right now is, is what's clean, you know, in the house. Um, obviously, I guess another one was, uh, generators were a big thing when, um, the storms are blowing through and then, you know, the whole grid thing, people are kind of concerned. So they're like, I want to, you know, make sure I'm covered here. Um, but, and the big one now electric cars hmm. so charging stations for electric cars is the big one right now when did you guys start putting in charging stations uh we've been doing it for a couple of years now um but it seems to be more more steady um so i guess yeah in the past year it's been it ramped up that's with the incentives and now gas prices everybody's switching over electric oh, yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah i wish i could right now <laughs> yes so one question i have is once you've built such a large business um what do you have like an exit strategy for like when you're thinking about retiring or anything like that like what do you do with the business once you're it's done fulfilling your needs where do you go from there well the company needs to still i mean uh one thing I want is to have this, the logo, the name, to can you continue on. So um, I would like to see somebody take it over that has the same philosophies, same you know morals, same um, drive that I have. You know, concern about people. Um, if it doesn't, then it probably won't. But I need to, I need to know that. 
you know, if I'm still walking, you know, walking the streets, that Electrical Plus is still taking care of the clients, doing what, you know, I set it out to do. Mm-hmm. Keep that reputation going. Yes. Yeah. And, and I think we got, like I said, we've got some great guys that are working for me. You know, who's, will my kids take it over? I don't. It's not, nothing's, you know, nothing's in stone. Um, but, yeah. So it's, it's more important you find someone who's going to carry on the values of the company oh, than yes. just, it's going to my son or it, daughter. It, yes. No, it has to have the values. It's not just being handed out. We need to go ahead and make sure that we're we're taking care of our clients and, of course, the employees. Good. Well, that's awesome to hear. Um, let's see. Are you, are you guys having any issues with supply chain stuff right now, getting parts or bulbs or fixtures and stuff like that? Not too much. Um, we haven't uh, seen a whole lot. I know some of the products that we um, use, we can't get a hold of. Um, meter sockets, you know, stuff like that, that we're running into issues with the, the supply chain. You know, talking to our supply house, multiple supply houses, they can't even ha- get a hold of it. So it's, uh, but for the most part, we've been pretty, pretty good. Nice. And what do you do to, I guess you have a, like a consultation walkthrough. A lot of people will just tell you what they want. Do you have a process where you'll kind of suggest things to clients, let them know what's available? Because I know there's mm-hmm. probably way more than people even imagine from security cameras to, like you said, charging stations. What's your process? I don't want to call it upselling, but mm-hmm. what's your process of kind of giving them a menu of this is all the stuff we can do? Well, yeah. I mean, the one thing is, is yeah, everybody knows what they know don't know what they don't know um so we give suggestions uh don't like to use the word upsell the one thing is is you know ideas if we're in a if we're there and we're doing some work make here's here's some options here's what we can go through if we can set you up to for this growth in the future here's what how we can do it um different products out there that they may not know that we can you know kind of show and you know the other thing is is how can we save the money um, a lot of times that we'll walk in and they say, I want this. I'm like, why? Well, because I need it. I'm like, you don't, you know, like what, in what circumstance would you say that? Well, so, um, the whole philosophy, uh, you know, bigger is better. So services are a big one. You walk into a, you know, a thousand square foot home or 1600 square foot home and they have a hundred amp service brand new. And they're talking about, you know, well, I want a 200 amp. Well, why? Um, cause it, uh, here it's better. I'm like, are we doing an addition? Are we doing, mm-hmm. what are you adding? What are you changing? What's the profile of the house? What is, you know, what are you looking to do? Well, nothing really. I'm like, then why are you mm-hmm. seeing any problems? No. And then why change? Hmm. And, you know, a lot of times we, people are like, oh, thank you. I appreciate that. You know, you'd save them a couple grand yeah, here and sure there. There's plenty of people who'd be like, Sounds good. Do you want me to come tomorrow? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then the other thing is, is like, uh, you know, I need more recessed lights or I need more light because I can't see. Mm-hmm. Well, it might be just as simple as change out the bulb, change mm-hmm. out the trim. You know, the big one is, is you know, with uh, recessed lights, back in the, what, 70s, 80s, they, you know, the white with the black baffle trims. Well, black baffle trims absorb so much light mm. that you're not getting your full potential out of your bulb we'll change it out to a white trim get some more reflection lighten mm. up your room 
try that first. And then if it's still not enough, then let's talk about more lighting. But otherwise, simple might be better. Simple fix. It saves them money and yep. it makes you look good because you just saved them money, basically. Yep. Hmm. So with your guys' service of being strictly electric, you know, mostly residential, some commercial work, do you guys have ever had the idea of moving into like the like i know a lot of like plumbing's also now they offer hvac a lot of people mm -hmm. just grab another little piece of the industry is that something you guys have ever considered or no uh, not as of right now no um the reason is is you know when i uh first started the company electrical plus everybody's like you know on the card it says light construction um the reason why i was electrical plus i did electrical plus small I uh, wanted, you know, I tell people, like, what is the plus? Well, whatever you need. Um, I'm looking to grow a business. You know, at the time I was like, if you need me to go get groceries, I'll go get the groceries. <laughs> you know, and people just laugh. And I'm like, no, I'm serious. Whatever you want, I want to build this business. Um, but the one thing is, is that I knew what my limitations were. Uh, you know, flooring. I don't know flooring. So mm -hmm. if I'm not an expert at it, I'm not going to do it. My guys are not comfortable with it. I'm not going to do it. So we do. We have a lot of com you know conversations with them. Would you like to see change? What you know? Would you like to add anything to Electrical Plus? And if they bring something to me, I'm like, okay, well, let's take a look at it and see what does that look like. And do we have you know everybody on board to go ahead and you know get behind that? If not everybody's behind it, then we kind of table it and see if it comes back up mm -hmm. or walk away. So you'll let the guys come up with ideas for additional services and mm -hmm. stuff. That might be nice. Have you guys come up with any good ones out of that? Well, the electric uh, electric car chargers, um, some people have brought that. that you know, maybe it would be nice to get certified through Tesla or some of these. It's, you know, in the works. Um, generators, we got into the generators right now. We're kind of, kind of walking away um we'll do the installs um we don't have enough people the problem is is we don't have enough people to go ahead and maintain and and do the service end of it so to be able to train them and you know give full service on it is tough right now and if i can't give full service i don't want to be a part of it you mean training the homeowner training the uh employees to do oh, on how to do it. on how to you know Installs, we got the installs down, but, you know, like if there's a problem with the generator, if, you know, there's a mm. red light, what do we do? You know, how do you troubleshoot it? Um, so you don't want to install something that you can't service, essentially. Prefer not to. Is there, like, continuing education that these yes. companies offer? Yeah, there is. It's just how do I take, you know, my already full-time yeah. guys and take them off the job for training, it, for training yeah. and, you know, I want to see them get it. And I want to make sure that the people that, you know, I'm not just going to grab any guy. I'm like, I want to make sure that they want to do it. And then we'll, we'll move that way. Yeah. But when you're six weeks booked, <laughs> it's tough. It's tough. It's tough. Oh yeah. Tell us a little bit about what you were saying before we started rolling, how you're looking to hire new people, but sometimes they're withdrawing their um, willingness to participate at the last minute or even after they've received the job. Yeah. It's, I guess... Yeah, you know, like I was saying, it, it is, uh, it's the time that it's the, you know, I guess the date and time that we're in that everybody's out there, you know, trying to better themselves. Once you, you know, I can't blame them for that. It's just, you know, we need to, we need to start looking at the respect of other people and their time. And, you know, if it's, if you're truly looking to move, then, you know, be honest in your, in your interviewing process. 
Um, and then the other thing is, is as business owners, we have to be open with our employees and say, hey, you know, I'm not happy. What's going on? So I guess that's the big thing that I it just don't want to. Or what What were you seeing? What was happening? That was So, well, people, they would, you know, come in for an interview and then they would, you know, look good and everything would be great. We'd send off, you know, an acceptance letter they would accept and then all of a sudden come back and say, uh, my, you know, my employer went ahead and, and offered me uh, a promotion. And it's like, all right, good for you, but that's, you know, you, you accept it. And it's just kind of, you know, unethical to take that route. Yeah, using your yeah. offer as leverage in his current job. Yes. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, I guess that's kind of new. I haven't heard of people doing that before. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if that's something I mean, that's like, been done in like software and like in, in a lot of higher paying jobs, people do that all the time. Really? Just two years here, move somewhere else, get a raise, and then two years somewhere else, move up. So. A lateral move, kind of. Yeah. Hmm. That's yeah. interesting. Um. So, let me see. I guess we can kind of wrap up with for someone if someone's listening who has a business in the trades or is starting to starting one or has maybe a failing one what kind of advice would you give just in general to someone who's looking to grow their business Listen I mean the one thing is is the the only thing that will help you I mean obviously the knowledge of the business the knowledge of you know how to grow the business is you know in your expertise in that but the big ones that I think if I had to say, you know, what helped Electrical Plus grow was listening, listening to my employees, listening to my clients, you know, and in putting them first. Um, you know, at the end of the day, you know, we all make out, but at first it needs to be the employees and it needs to be the clients because if you don't have those, you don't have a business. Good advice. And, yeah, do you, you have any big plans for the future of electrical plus or you guys continue that slow and steady growth well we, there's there's talks there's talks it, it, but it's just talk it's you know kind of sidebar kinds of conversations but yeah slow steady right now is you know stick with what i got and you know see if there's you know new opportunities um if there's electricians out there that you know want to kind of you know make a move or you know kind of partner what well, don't want to say partner but if they want to go ahead and you know look at being a part of something that has great potential um there's always conversation i mean i've had people that were starting up their business that would you know give me a call and sit down and ask how we did it and i'll sit down with anybody i think there's there's plenty of work out there for a lot of people we can't do it all so mm. you know i want to make sure that Whoever's doing it is is taking care of the clients. Nice. So you've never been fearful of competition, more just there's yeah. plenty to go. No, exactly. And the one thing is, is, is it really competition? Uh, you know, it, it, that's a big question everybody asks. Well, who's your competition? I'm like, I don't know. I, I don't. I mean, I feel if we're, if you're holding a service or you're giving a service, a product and service, and it's a high quality, is it really competition? So, well, that makes sense. Jeremy, thank you very much for joining us today. We really appreciate all your insights. And yeah, thanks for coming out. No, no problem. Thank you for the invite. Stories from the Top is your guide to successful business development. 
Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts or find Edge of Cinema on YouTube. Stories from the Top is an Edge of Cinema production hosted by Matthew Skura and Jeremy Schmidt. To learn more or get in touch, visit edgeofcinema.com slash podcast.